0: Okay, praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius. Are you with me? I'm going through the Acts of the Apostles, and I'm now in Chapter 10. And I pray the Lord will give us understanding and more insight in how the apostles went forward and doing signs and wonders, the Lord following them with signs and wonders. We are now in Chapter 10, and this is the story of uh, Apostle Peter, as he was moving about, visiting different churches, and he arrived at a place called Joppa, and there... It was actually Joppa that Apostle Peter raised up the woman called Tabitha Edoras, and then he was staying with somebody in in Joppa uh, when God sent another 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 person to go and call Peter. We are going to read that in chapter ten. Let's go ahead and as I read, I will stop and pause and give some comments, and then the Lord will give us some insight. Chapter 10 of Acts of the Apostles, verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. And this happened to be a Roman soldier. Verse 2 said, a devout man, and one that feared God and with all his house, which gave much arms to the people and prayed to God always. Now you can see when the was preaching about there was another centurion, similarly, that sent to the Lord Jesus Christ, because some of these military guys, after they had been in the, uh, in the war and so on, they, they fear God, they knew that they say a God. So, they were easily converted, especially the centurions, those are the captains. They were easily converted because they were humble, those that are humble among them, and some of them have been following Judaism. So, that was the, the centurion that came. And asked Jesus Christ to come and heal his servant. And when Jesus Christ was coming, he said, you don't have to come to my house, just speak the word. That was faith. And Christ said, I've never found such faith. No, not in Israel. That was also a centurion. So there are some of these centurions that are Roman soldiers but working for Rome in the Palestine area. And this one was said to be in Caesarea. And being a captain, he had some soldiers under him. And he also, the Bible says he feared God. So some of these centurions really were... Touched by God in their generation. And verse 3. We are reading Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10 verse 3. And he saw in a vision, evidently, about the ninth hour. ninth hour will be 3 p.m. in the afternoon. About the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming in to him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked at him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thy arms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa, and call for one Simon, whose son' name is Peter. He lodges with one Simon a Tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. Now the angel appeared to. Cornelius, he actually said this later, that it was while he was praying. The appeared to him and told him to send men to Joppa to go call for Simon Peter. And he actually told you exactly where Simon is living, who is, who is lodging with. There's another Simon in Joppa that was a tanner. So he, and he says it's by the seaside, so that must be a small town. They can say, let's go to the coast area, the houses that are around that line, the street that was close to the, to the sea. That is where we're going to be asking for the house of Simon A. Etana, A. Turner those people that are doing turning. And so, the angel gave a good description so that you will be able to find Simon Peter. Now, this is a point that I wanted to make when it comes to the Lord sending this centurion to go call for Simon. The point is, many of these people that fear God. The Bible says, I will show him my salvation. It's a promise of God in the New Testament, in the, book, in the book of Psalms, where God was promising that they that know God, he will show them his salvation. And the salvation of God is actually the bringing forth of the Messiah. So yeah, God was prophesying the king, through the mouth of King David that anyone that feared him, he will show them his salvation. The salvation of God when it appeared, those who are not aware of it, God was sending angels sometimes, servants of God or sometimes, to go and meet them, to show them this salvation. Because God has been prophesied through the prophets, my salvation is coming. My salvation is coming. My salvation is coming. So they were wondering what was this salvation is coming. It was the Messiah he was telling them. The Messiah is not just the Messiah alone, but the kingdom of God that is going to start. It's what God is saying is coming. It's coming. Now that it has come, Jesus Christ has come and started the kingdom. God was calling those who are faithfully serving him in the Old Testament, just knowing only the Lord of Moses and they are faithful, whether they are Gentiles or Jews, God was sending them, the servants of God, the ministers of God sometimes. Like the Enoch of Ethiopia that we read in the earlier chapter, he feared God, he has been coming faithfully to Jerusalem once in a year or something like that. Whenever time he comes to serve God, to worship God, God wanted to show him his salvation that he has been promising, that he will show them that fear him is salvation. The salvation God is showing is that the kingdom of God that is coming, giving them a new birth. That is the salvation. To so change us from sin, from sinners to sins. That is, the first, that is the first element of the salvation of God. Change us from sinners to sins. That is the first element of the salvation of God. So God promised that I will show them my salvation. Look at that in the book of Psalm, Psalm 91. Verse 16, that is the last promise in that Psalm 91 for those who are, who are these people, those who are dwelling in the secret place of the most High. Like he said, they are buried under the shadow of the Almighty. God said, with long life will I satisfy him, that's one promise, and show him my salvation. So I'm saying the salvation God promised there was the fact that changing sins, people from sinners to sins is the first element of the salvation. And when does that happen? It started when Christ came and resurrected and started the church. Now he's giving us a new birth, a new life, so that we are being born again. That is the first element of the salvation of God. And says that we show him. Ourselves. So those who are in that generation that didn't know about the Messiah, they were not uh, aware of it. God was sending angels to go show them when they, and send the servants of God, the apostles, to corner them and say, this is the salvation I'm talking about. And that is how. He showed it to the of Ethiopia in the Acts of the Apostles that we read, chapter, chapter 7 or chapter 8. That was when, chapter 7 or chapter 8, that was chapter 8, where the eunuch of Ethiopia met Philip and Philip met him. God was showing that eunuch of Ethiopia the salvation of God that he has promised that I will show him my salvation. So any of them that fear God, but they have never heard about the Messiah who has come and gone. God sent the servants of God to corner him and show them this salvation that God has brought. Because they fear God and they love God, they are seeing it, they are believing it, and they are becoming disciples. So if you are one of those that are not believers, we are showing you the salvation of God. God wants you to be born again and be saved, changing you from a sinner. You say you are not a sinner. You are a sinner if you are born by human woman being, and you have not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's a sin in heaven. You're not accepting Christ. But now if you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, then he will come and give you a new bath, spiritual bath, that will make you a saint of God. And then that is the salvation of God that is showing to those who fear him. And that is what you see also in this story of Cornelius in this act of Apostle chapter 10. That is, Cornelius feared God. He has been given arms according to the Judaism. He has joined and he was fearing God that praying all, always every three hours of the day or at least time, night hours, he was fasting. He he was fasting. Then God said, I saw this out of this man. Say thy prayers and thy arms have come up in remembrance, for a memorial before God. So God now wants to show him God's salvation. And that is the new birth. That is the salvation. Being born again, free with the Holy Spirit, that is the salvation. And that is what God sent, why God sent an angel to go tell Cornelius to go call for Simon. Peter will go to show We He said, Angels will not preach the gospel. We, women, miss our commission to preach the gospel. So the angel cannot, cannot sit him down and begin to tell him about Jesus. No, it's only human beings that are sent to, to do this. So that's why got, the angel only can only tell him where to go find help. And he said, send men to Joppa, where Peter was. And Peter was not too far away. He said, who the, go and call for one Simon who saw him in his And he told him where he can find him. He said he lodged with one Simon in his turner whose house is by the seaside, He shall tell you what thou all test to do. Yes, one of the things you have to do is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Accept him as your Lord and Savior. Confess that he died for you on the cross and is your Lord of your life, and that he resurrected and is coming back again. When you believe that, wholeheartedly, and then get baptized in water. You to, then you become one of us. And the Holy Ghost begins to live inside you. Will, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit, as, he, as the Lord Jesus Christ has given the Holy Spirit. So, he has to hear the gospel before he can be filled with the Holy Spirit. So, that's why Lord God said, send for, for Peter. And he told him where to find him. Now, verse 7. We are reading the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10. We are now in verse 7. And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants, and a divorced soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa on the morrow, which means take over, it takes uh, almost a whole day for them to walk. Because most of these people, they walk out with donkeys. Donkeys are just walking. So they went, and on the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. So that was 12 noon. Peter went up to pray. He said They have an upper room, almost like a rooftop, a little room there. And that was where Peter went outside, where he could pray. And he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. So it was noontime, so it was lunchtime. So but he, the Bible says he became very hungry. The Lord actually amplified that hunger just for a purpose so that he could show him the vision that now eat. And that was what happened here. He said he became very hungry and would have eaten, but while they made ready, so they are still preparing the food. He fell into this trance that was being recorded in verse 11. And in the trance he saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and led down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. You wonder, he was seeing a vision of animals. But you saw those animals, look away. I, we, we, these are animals that are called unclean animals, according to most of the, the list of animals. Maybe a pig. But you didn't see them already cooked. You see them running around, so, right, right. pigs. Jews don't eat that. What about this one? What about that one? They are all animals that they, you saw them in Dutch. Almost like a, a field, just like it down. He said let down a sheet that looked like a field where you saw this these animals running around. And he saw the fowls of the air, also among them, and the creepy things. And there came a voice to him, saying, "Rise, Peter, kill and eat." I mean, hunt, 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 and eat. Of this one. But Peter said, "No, not so, Lord. For I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. See, look these animals are not the type we can hunt. That's what he meant. We don't eat this kind of animal. these like unclean." And the voice spoke unto him again the second time, "What God has cleansed, that call not thou common." So the message to Peter was actually that message. God has cleaned these animals. Don't call them unclean anymore. But it was symbolizing something. So he was, when he, woke, when he got out of this vision, he would tell us exactly why, what finally happened, that he realized that uh, it was just a, a parable telling him what the Lord has in mind. And say this was done thrice, three times. And the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now, why Peter Doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean. He was now thinking about in his mind. What does this vision mean? Behold, the man which was sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And called and asked whether Simon, which was selling Peter, were lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. You see, many times when the Lord God is dealing with us, he won't tell you detail. He has already put the Holy Spirit in us so that the Holy Spirit will be leading us gradually. And he also wants us to walk by faith. If he sat Peter down and tried to explain to him, I'm going to allow you to go to the Gentiles and this and that, there will be some debate, debating the Lord. You don't debate the Lord. So, you just have to obey. But see, human beings we always want to debate. Why? Right? Because oh, the rabbi told us, Moses told us this. No, you don't debate the Almighty God. What well, God is telling you now is the final authority. <laughs> so but you see, so when God was dealing with Peter, he just gave him what he needed to know. He didn't tell him the detail yet. What he needed to know was that what God has claimed, don't call that common, but he still wonder what does that really mean? These animals, this fowl, they are unclean. What God has claimed, do call that common. So he's still thinking about that, and then the spirit said, three men are looking for you. Go with them. Without doubting, I have sent them. So that kind of caught his attention. Then he went down to see who are these three men. So it was now that he will begin to say, that, oh, these are Gentiles. See? Now he's going to begin to put two policies together. Gentiles, and when they told him what is his mission, to come to the house of a Gentile, the Lord will remind him what God has created, don't call that common. Now he begins to get it. God is not talking of those animals. He's talking of these Gentiles you always think are unclean. Don't go to their house. Because that's how they were, what you we call racism in, that, in this generation. They have that in that generation where the Jews don't make good with any, any Gentiles. Even though those Gentiles haven't been converted like Cornelius, he was already in the Judaism, but they still put them out aside. Only those who are there, there to go to his house. That are daring the fanatics. Okay. So the Holy Ghost, he said, the Spirit told him that, Arise therefore and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Verse 21. Then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius and said, so they were still asking, a man by the name of Simon, Peter, who was throwing in this house. So those people, when they saw that these are soldiers, and gentle, they are be. they don't want to say yes or no. So they are still trying to stay away, uh, away. and Peter just came back and said, I'm the one you are looking for because the Holy Ghost already told me, I'm the one that sent these people. Don't begin with that. Say so when people come, let's say you are over here and the police just knock on your door. The police, you get scared. That's what these soldiers are because one of them perhaps will be wearing a uniform of a soldier. And the Roman soldiers don't just go and make friends, you see. So when they saw them asking for Peter, the soldier and some other people that are not soldiers, he said two, three men, he, he sent a soldier with them. So that the soldiers can also keep guard also. But the other two are just servants. But they were all Gentiles. So the Romans are Gentiles as far as the religious concern. concerned. So when they were asking for Peter, Simon Peter, the brethren that first came out to open the gate would be wondering that you should we go for what They know what they're asking for, but they're not sure they wanted to, to let Peter to let them you know, let Peter come and talk to these people because they don't know why they came to arrest Peter. No, so. so they are still scratching their head, whether to say, yeah, he lives here, or whether to say, go to the next street or to the next house. So while they were still wondering about it, Peter just came behind and said, I am the one you are looking for. And said, I am he whom you seek. And they said, what is the cause, wherefore you have come? Because the Holy Ghost didn't tell Peter what they have come for, it just said, I have understand you know, them. See. I am the one who I have seen them. That's all the Lord said. God will tell us what we need to know for now. The detail will be revealed to us later. That's what we are learning from this example. Many times we want the Lord to tell us the detail. But there was a, 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 an example of a, a vision a woman said she saw. They were witnessing about. And then she said she are, they were praying. They always go out to witness. Then one day this woman was, was a, well, we have a pastor. I'm re, I heard it from this testimony from other ministry. And they, they went about preaching about, but she said they said they normally pray before they preach. And then while this woman was praying, she saw a vision of a street in the, in the town where she never knew, knew that section of town. But she saw the crossing street, that's street number this and street number that. And she saw themselves drove in the vision, drove, make a left on that street, and walked to one, two, three, four. And they saw an apartment and they went in front of that and they went upstairs to the number so and knock on the door, and then somebody said, come on in, and the vision stopped. And the woman woke up and said, what does that vision mean? God is telling us to go to that particular house. Is there any street like that in this place? And they look at the man and say, yeah, way down south, or now east or now west, very far away, but uh, how do you get there? Say, if you go through this freeway, you get to that section, and that's the intersection, okay. So the woman and took her, uh fellowship partner where they always went to knock from door to door to witness. And they drove to that place, they said, why didn't God tell them what we happened in that room? No, God just told them what they need to know. The detail manifested when they got there, because the woman finally said, they finally got there and they said, well, that is the street, all right? Make a left here. Yeah. yeah, that's the apartment, all right? Park. And they parked and they saw room number 100 or something. So they went upstairs and got to that room number and knocked on the door. And somebody said, come on in. And when they opened, they saw a woman that was sick. And the woman also said she had a dream that a woman came and lay a hand upon her and she was healed. And she said, yes, pray for me. And then they just pray for her. And that was what God said. So God didn't show the detail of that to these past five pastors' right? Just told them how much they need to know. You want me to lead you to where you can minister? Here is how far you go. Knock on this door. And then when they did, they found that, yeah, there was somebody that needed prayer there. And they prayed and the woman, was, the woman that was sick was healed. And they gave that testimony. That That's is what I mean by God will lead you sometimes and just tell you what you need to know. How far you will you then, the, t- the detail will follow when you get there. You begin to see that that was what the Lord didn't want. So Peter didn't know the detail. Other than that, some these men, I sent them to come and talk to you. Come and look. let's so go with them. They are coming to call you. So, Peter said, Well, what do you come for? So Peter was now asking them, What do you come for? God didn't tell you what they come for, just I have sent them. So, now they were telling Peter what they came for. Verse 22. And they said, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man, and one that feared God, and of good report among all the nation of the Jews. So, Daniel said, This centurion actually was already following Judaism. He said, He was warned from God by an holy angel to send for thee. Into his house and to hear words of this. Okay, so he wants me to come and preach to this centurion. That's what he sent for this man, because I will be to bring him to your house to come and hear words. So people are saved only by words, only by the preaching of the word. So as you listen to this one, you can also be saved just by hearing what we are talking, what you are teaching, and you believe. And then you pray. And Christ will meet you there right there, because he said, Go forth and speak my word, speak my word. People are saved by hearing words. Remember that faith comes by hearing. Verse 23. Then call E them in and lodge them. And on the morrow, you see why did you have to wait the second day because it takes a whole day. Just for that distance. We don't know. Because in, those, in our generation, right now, it's like something that like you can get there within a, by a car also. Or you fly there if it's an airplane. But you see, in those days they walk. Or the best they have is a donkey. And donkey just like walking to the you know, So, <laughs> <coughs> <Excuse me. coughs> so uh, maybe they got there later in the afternoon. So you now, if we start going now, it will be 12 midnight before we get there. So we have to wait till the morning. So they waited in the morning. So he, I start 20. So then they called them in and lodged them. And on the morrow, Peter went away with them. And certain brethren from Jopa accompanied him. So he didn't just go alone by himself. He said, some, some brethren that heard about it, they well, we'll just follow you. So they went with him so that he will not be the only one that went with those three strangers. And after when Peter was related, he said six, six of them, he said six other brethren went with him. That will be in the next chapter when, they were, when he was telling the story to the rest of the disciples in Jerusalem. Verse twenty-four, and the morrow after, they entered into Caesarea. So you can see, it took them another day to get to Caesarea. But the second day, like the third day again, before they actually got to the house of Cornelius. And Cornelius waited for them and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. So Cornelius would have been calculating where well. it would take them a day for them to get there and to be late and they will perhaps be coming in the morning and before they get here to be the following. Him, so he said, well you guys come to us on third day. And we're going to wait here so that we have a, a fellowship where he is going to talk to us. Should be, they should be here by before noon or something like that. Of the third day. So he has called gather the people together. The people would have heard the story that he told all his friends, some of them perhaps he has witnessed to them as the Colonial. He has been maybe trying to make them to be Judaism. Maybe some of them are already in Judaism or others don't. But they respected the Cornelius, and now he says he saw an angel, an angel, how do you know it's an angel? He disappeared, just manifested in my room, talked to me, and then disappeared. Really? They would like to know more about this also. If you are the one, you also would like to know more about this also. So they, they came to listen, so they were waiting for if this thing is true, they, might find, they should find that man called Simon, the Simon Peter also. He just gave you an address. Okay. So they were waiting to see that this thing is really true. And here comes Simon with six people and the soldier and the and the servants. And the more after they entered into Caesarea, it was 24. And Cornelius waited for them and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. So you can assume that how many people will be in that room. Maybe 15, 20 men? Maybe uh, 10 of them and friends. Be on that off, off, between 10 and 20 or 30 who you knows how many there. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshiped him. I mean, he thought, well, this man, this man must be an angel. For the angel to tell him to go call this man must be a great person. He said, Peter was humble. He said, no, 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 I'm just a man. I don't think you'll be bowing down to a Jew. You are a Cornelius, the Roman soldier, Roman captain. They always saw that Jews around, cast them and beat them up and so on, and leave becoming Judaism. We respect them because they are now friends. But say, You saw Peter was saying, well, No, no, I'm a human being. You wouldn't have been buying that to a human like, like this. So, stand up. That's That was how Peter quickly stopped them from worshipping him. Peter took him up, saying, Stand up. I myself also, I am a man. To separate himself from the angel that say, you said you saw, I'm a human being like you. And I know that you are higher up, captain. And um, perhaps nobody, as far as uh, Roman, um, Roman soldiers are concerned, so don't begin to worship me at all. But so said, and as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. So now he went and met them at the door. And I mean, and then they were talking as they were walking. Say, said, what are you? A lot of people here, not just one person. And then Peter now realized that something is, this is. Much more than he was expecting. He's just going to talk to the man. And said, it's a man. Now he says it's a whole church of 12, 13, 14, 15 people sitting down here with him. Verse 28. And he said unto them, Now he's not going to address every one of them together. Ye you know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. I wish he has not said that, but uh, he, said, he said it anyway. That he says, I just said how he felt, how he felt in the house of a stranger, how he felt in the house of His. Sometimes our, our, our feeling sometimes can make uh, can disturb the work of God. That's why God said we should walk by faith and not by sight, not by feeling. But he was still feeling like a Jew. And you see, when they were following Jesus, they were not even claiming that they, they are saying these Jews, these Jews, these Jews. Jew. The people that are living in Judea are whom they call Jews. Now that they are not Jews, and they now fell, they are also Jews. You know? So now that's what he was saying. Well, gee, they said we shouldn't be walking with these Gentiles. Now I'm here in your house, <laughs> among all you Gentiles. So he's now expressing his feeling. Said, but God told him not to feel like that. That's what he said. God told me not to feel like that. Don't call these people clean. I've cleaned them. That's what it means. God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Now he's beginning to see the meaning of the vision he saw, or the trance he saw. And the Lord telling, him, Go with this man. Don't doubt. Doubt him nothing. Don't even ask questions. And follow them and find out where well, he's not just going to meet one man, like a centurion. He's meeting a whole bunch of Gentiles. Ah. So now he's now saying, You know, it's unlawful for us, we're unlawful for our to the Lord of Moses now. On a lot of the Jews, because I'm not really sure Moses told them not to do that, but they have had many things to make them estranged themselves from many non Jewish people. Then God assured me that I should not call any man common uncle. Verse 29. Therefore came I unto you without gainsaying, I mean, without uh, debating, as soon as I was sent for. So I asked, therefore, for what intent ye have sent for me now? You already heard that they said they should come and hear words. I mean, that's what the servants of this sentinel told him, that God has his said they should call you to come and hear words from thee. Well, of course, you don't know what words you want to hear. Not so. They didn't say come and hear words that will save you, or come and hear words that will heal you, or come and hear words of the kingdom of coming. God just said, call for him, he will tell you what to do. So now they say you have to come and tell us words. So Peter got there and said, well, what do you... Call me for it again. You want them to say it again. <laughs> so Cornelius now, before everybody, now related the whole story. But Cornelius said, four days ago. Now he said four days. You now counting when the angel came it was four days ago. Now I was fasting until this hour means he was still he, that man was still fasting. That's what I believe he meant. He said until this hour. So he was fasting four days ago, and maybe. While they went to call Peter, he was still doing his fasting. Most likely, they fast and break it in the evening. Fast and break it in the evening. Fast and break it in the evening. Maybe that's the type of fasting he was doing. So he said, I was fasting until this hour. He's still fasting. And at the night hour, as four days ago, I prayed in my house at 3 p.m. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard. And the arms are all in remembrance in the sight of God. Send, therefore, to Joppa, and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter, he is lodged in the house of one Simon eternal by the seaside, who, when he cometh, shall speak unto thee. Immediately, therefore, I send to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now, therefore, are we all here present before God, to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. You see now? That centurion was a very nice person. He said, I don't want to hear this all by myself. A message from God of heaven that he sent me to go call somebody who's going to give us this message, and this is something that is important. So he wanted his friends to know about it, his near, near neighbors to know about this. I don't want to hear it all alone. That's the generosity of calling." It was let me just meet this man one on one and then I will go and tell the others what he said. He didn't want to hear it all alone. So he said, Now we all gather to hear whatever God has commanded you. Verse 33. Immediately, therefore, I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now, therefore, are we all here present before God. See, we are present before God. To hear all things that are commanded thee of God. So now Peter was going to start his talking. 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, of his truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Now we have to learn something from that. God is no respecter of persons. See, when we are the one that... Uh, we are the, the most, you some people say we are the white supremacists, some say we are the black power, some say we are the Jewish choice of God. We are some, everybody is trying to be the the best or claiming to be the best. God is not respectful of persons. God has created all of us. You see, one blood for all human race black, white, yellow, Jewish, non Jewish, Gentiles, one blood. flowing through all of us. You see. So God is not respectful of us. Anyone that fear Him, God will. We all know you and respect you. That's exactly what the Apostle Peter first mentioned here. So of the truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and walketh righteousness, is accepted with him. See? Whether you are Jew or Gentile. Whether you are black or white. Whether you are Hispanic or, or non-Hispanic. If you fear God, and you walk righteousness, and you are accepted by God because God created all of us, and He's saying, "Come unto Me, every human being. Come unto Him, and He will accept you. Once you accept Him, once you walk the righteousness and fear God, and you accept Jesus, you are His. You become part of His." Verse thirty-six. Now, Apostle Peter I will now begin to tell them about what they were preaching about, about Jesus Christ. See, the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, is Lord of all. The first mention whom he's talking about Jesus Christ. He say he is Lord of all. See, that word, I say, you know, he was assuming that they should have heard about the story because this is not something that happened just uh, thousands of years ago. When he was talking to these people, the centurion was a soldier. And the soldiers were involved with the crucifixion. Even though that was in Jerusalem, this man is in Caesarea, where the governor was formerly in Jerusalem, but now they moved to Caesarea by the time, after after a while, but see, it's all in the the stories around two years ago, three years ago, they all heard about it. That's why a rabbi was preaching about. So it was not a a, a news. Maybe they didn't know much about it, but they heard about it. So he was not telling them that this war that Christ was preaching about, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee. After the baptism which John preached, so also him, you also remember there was a John the Baptist that was preaching before, so they will not get, yeah, we remember those ones, but they may not be part of it, but they heard about this See, that happened over there in another city, over there in another city. See, the baptism after we, after the baptism which John preached, was that he said, How oh God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and doing healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So he first narrated to this crowd of, in the Cornelius house what Jesus Christ did um, for those three years and many of the people that were in that area of the world, Galilee, all those parts where Christ moved around, they heard about the testimony whether they were able to see Jesus face to face or they just heard that there was a crowd over there who listened to one rabbi and they said, that by the, so they heard about it. So he we'll was just saying, you remember that story? Yeah, we were the followers of this Jesus of Nazareth. That's what he was trying to remind them of it. And he was going to tell them what happened, which they also heard about, that he was crucified, but he rose again. That they didn't know about that, that he's telling them now. And we saw we hit with him. And that's what he was trying to narrate first to them, before he tell them what is the commission. See, he, was, he went about doing good. Jesus Christ went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So he was coming from the angle that Jesus came as a human being. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hung on the tree. Now, you know, I say, well, you know they crucified him. Verse 46, and him, God, raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to, to witnesses chosen before of God, even to us, who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. That was the one they, they didn't know. But now I was telling them that we ate with him and ate with him after he rose from the dead. He said he didn't show it to all the world. Not that he went about preaching about again, but he talked to we that are his disciples. Verse 42 says, and he commanded us to preach unto the people. And to testify that it is He, which was ordained of God to be the Judge of quick and the dead. That is, is the Judge of the living and of the dead. God, Jesus Christ is the one going to judge the whole man race at the end. So says, He, he sent us to command us to go and preach to the people that he, he is the one that is going to be the Judge of the quick and the dead. What for? To Him give all the prophets witness that through His name. Whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. So you see, if you know the judge, and the judge says now if you do this, your sins will be forgiven. You better do it. And so then your sins will be forgiven. So that's what our the angle that Apostle Peter came through to preach to these people. said, He commanded us to preach to the people that Jesus Christ, He is the one that is ordained by God to be the judge of all human race, whether they are living or they are dead, in the end. So now you know the judge. And he said, Anyone that believes in his name will be removed, your sins will be removed. I mean, if you know the judge, and judge says, Well, you are guilty here, but you already know the judge, just say, Okay, because you're guilty. And that was what Apostle Peter was saying that to him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins, your sins will be forgiven, so that you will be saved. Now, that's all Peter said, verse 44, says, Why Peter yet speak these words? The Holy Ghost fell on all them, which heard the word. The Jesus Christ is the baptizer with the Holy Ghost, so he just took it out of Peter's hand, because all these people were just swallowing what he said. Wow, they just swallowed everything and they believe. Jesus Christ just started filling them with the Holy Spirit, right there. And now you don't know they are filled with the Holy Spirit. You see it, verse 46. Verse 45. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter. Because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues. That's how we know they have, the, they have been filled with the Holy Spirit. They heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So we know that the evidence that you have been filled with the Holy Spirit is that you speak in tongues. There are some denominations that don't receive the Holy Spirit and they don't want to believe in speaking in tongues. But they were short, uh, short-changing themselves. Right? They were short-sighted because from the scriptures, that's the only way you know that they are being filled with the Holy Spirit from after the day of the Pentecost, everywhere they are being filled with the Holy Spirit. The only, the only evidence is that they, started, they are filled They started speaking the tongue and prophesying or praising God in another language that God gave to every person. So that's how these believers that came with Peter knew that these people are filled with the Holy Spirit, because they started seeing this man, started speaking out. Oh, they come back, they, they come back. Something he didn't learn, and another one started speaking there, and they know that that's the Holy Ghost. And that interrupted Peter. Okay. And they of the circumcision of which believe were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise Jesus. Verse 46. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answer Peter, uh, can any man forbid water that this should not be baptized? See, he's still addressing his, his Jewish believer that came with him. And look at that, look at that, they are already speaking in tongues. So, any of you want to forbid us not to baptize them with water? It's almost like saying, you guys still don't agree with me that God said we should not call these people uncleanly. He must have told them that I had a vision and maybe that's what it means. And God said, well, This is what it means. And these Gentiles who are already filled with Holy Spirit, what next? Let's just do our own part and fill them with the and get them baptized in water. That's what he was saying. Can any man forbid water that this should not baptize? We shall received the Holy Ghost as well as we. So he was just talking to his uh, six, six uh, Jewish friends that came with him. So uh, that's uh, something humility about Peter. He was not trying to be dictatorial that, look, I am the one Jesus Christ made to be the head here. No. He was referring to all these six people that came. He, they are actually looking up to him. He was looking up to them and saying, Well, I don't think any of us will forbid water. As soon as we are all brethren, eh? nobody can over, over, Lord, over anybody. We are all following Jesus Christ also. Even though he pointed Peter out to be the one to lead, he was so humble. So you can see that in the way Peter was addressing his friends and saying, I don't think any of us will forbid water. He didn't try to say, where well, I told you that this is what the Lord God wants. say. No, he said, well, you say it again on that place where Peter was addressing the crowd, when they were debating circumcision, he, he said, hey, remember, God made a choice among us. He's just trying to you know, make sure that he was not lording over anybody. And that was a wisdom that we all should learn from. Especially when you are made to be a leader in your congregation, don't lord it over the young people or the elder people that look like they are not anointed like you think you are. Just be humble. We are all brethren. That's what Jesus Christ said. We are all brethren. Amen. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to carry certain days. That is the end of the Acts of Rapids chapter 10. As you can see, we have learned a little lesson that we need humility. Don't call anybody unclean. Be humble before the Lord. And God is not respect our places. White, black, yellow, brown. If you fear God and you follow him, you are accepted by him. And you walk you walk to righteousness. God bless you. We are going to continue this in chapter 11. God bless you.